Welcome to the Gospel for Life. Um, Josh, I know you're you're wanting to hear his voice and you're not. You're hearing mine. This is Pastor <laughs> Russ Herman from Cloverdale. Josh had to step out. so, But I still do have Pastor Jonathan Van Hoogen from Dayspring Reform with me and also Ryan Hemphill from Treasure Valley Reform Presbyterian Church in the room as a as a guest host. So, gentlemen, you. you guys are going to have to shoulder some weight. We're glad to be here. Yeah, yeah, it's good to have you guys here. We stand tall in this room. That's right. <laughs> we have been talking about He's not sin. Even here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can't you can't direct a short joke to somebody that's not in the room. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> we have been talking about sin. Yesterday, we transitioned into. Um, how sin just affects everything in life. It affects our relationships with other people. It affects our jobs, our recreation, how we just view and, and live life. Um, and we've been working our way through Paul David Tripp's book, Do You Believe? And at the end of the section on the doctrine of sin, he really goes through um, these different categories about sin to help us understand and apply this doctrine to life. And so he has six statements that he unpacks. And so we're just going to talk about that um, today. And the first one is that sin is not a matter of behavior, but it's a matter of the heart. So what what does that mean? Why is that significant? Well, the heart is, you know, a picture of who we are uh, in our being, you know, Jesus is rightly pointing out, and in, in in his earthly ministry, you know, he's he oftentimes makes the law of God all that much harder to keep, because there were those you know who on the outside looked like they had everything together. Uh, they were on the outside had their lives spotless, and he calls them whitewashed tombs, that they're full of dead men's bones. Um, his disciples are challenged because they didn't they didn't ceremonially wash their hands before they ate and jesus says it's not what goes into a man that defiles him it's what comes out of a man from his heart and so all of his instruction on the sermon on the mount and his commands really drove at the no pun intended heart of the issue Mm -hmm. that all of our wickedness all of our sin is a matter of who we are and our being from our heart yeah as he you know you've touched on a number of those uh applications out of the heart the mouth speaks you know mm-hmm. we you know it's not what goes in that corrupts us it's what what's come out of us mm-hmm. and i i think this matter of behavior and oftentimes you see it particularly in maybe a, a counseling situation you're dealing with or even in instructing your own children you're trying to deal with them but unless they see their sin for what it is you know all you're doing is putting a band-aid on something you're always you're trying to do some sort of behavior modification you know reward and punishment and oftentimes people treat their relationships like like this well i'll re you know in marriage particularly i'll reward you if you do this for me Mm -hmm. or i'll withhold something if you don't do that for Mm -hmm. me and uh, and so that's really showing the heart of the matter. That's showing the sinfulness that we have because we're required in God's law to love one another. Love your, you know, one of the summaries, the second greatest commandment is to love our neighbor as ourselves. We have that requirement there, Mm -hmm. but we've turned it into a matter of uh, do this and I will, or don't do this and I'll do something else. Mm -hmm. Paul David Tripp has a book called Parenting, and I can't remember the the subtitle, something like 14 Gospel Principles um, 
to apply to parenting or something to that effect. Um, and I found that book extremely helpful. Unfortunately, I read it after most of my kids were mostly grown. Um, but in that, he makes the case that in parenting, so often we are just engaged in um, behavior modification, that what we're concerned about is um, just trying to manage things. manage things or that our kids make are making us look bad. And what he's encouraging is that parenting really is about the gospel, that we're mm-hmm. trying to deal with the heart of the behavior problems that we see in our, in our children, and that's a little bit messier, that's a little bit harder um, to, to take the next step and say, no, I'm not just concerned about what I've seen. What I want to know is what was behind it, mm-hmm. and, and let's deal with the, the root problem, which is a sin issue. Mm-hmm. And the only way to deal with the sin issue is with the gospel mm-hmm. um, and not just modified behavior. And, mm-hmm. and I found that to be extremely helpful, uh, convicting, because I, I found that most of my parenting, unfortunately, um, was more concerned about the behavior. I didn't want my kids to make me look bad um, mm-hmm. than I was concerned about the, the heart of my child. Um, mm-hmm. So, Yeah, that Paul's book is really good. I, I read it this past year. Um, here I am. I, now I'm dealing with grandkids, mm-hmm. but it would have, would have been very helpful. You know, they <laughs> you can give it to your children. Yeah, yes, yeah. If, you're grandchildren. If, you, if you don't raise your children, you raise your grandchildren. With an apology, <laughs> yeah. you know, there's a there's a, there's a sense in the things that I didn't do right in the in the in the first cycle. I can correct in the second. <laughs> but very, very good. I would but highly recommend the book. It, but mm-hmm. I, you don't have to feel guilty reading the book. He, he's no, really he's, just trying to help no, you. Yeah, parent better, and right. and parent. What well, I would say, and more realize that it's a hard and, and, issue and, that you're and, after, and to take the time to um, discover what's behind that. Mm-hmm. Just simply getting uh, somebody to do what you want is is not ultimately helping them relate uh, their activities to what God is um, requiring of them. Which itself could be a result of your own sinfulness and mm-hmm. pride, right? Wanting them yeah, to do what you want to do, trying to make little idols out of them, right? Yeah. Yep. Second um, trip talks about that sin blinds, um, and then let's combine this with the next one. Sin turns us all into addicts. I would say that you could do alliteration here, and the one is sin blinds, and the other one is sin binds. Um, so, what, what do you? How, how do yeah. you see both of those? And as you know, as blinding is, most of us uh, live in deceptive lives. We think. We live comparatively with others. I'm not as bad as other people. It, it blinds us to the fact that the the sin that we're committed is not ultimately against one another, but it is against God Himself. You know, jo, jo, uh, David would come to that conclusion himself. He says, "Against you and you only have I sinned." Well, we know that it was his sin of, against Uriah and Bathsheba that. Brings mm-hmm. this confession out, but ultimately our sin is against God, mm-hmm. and so there is a there is a, a deceptiveness about it. You know that we, you know we can we can we we don't re, we don't recognize how mm-hmm. um, what a cosmic treason it is against God mm-hmm. to to behave in the ways we have, and we also don't we also tend to not think that we are as sinful and as mm-hmm. bad as other people. Mm-hmm. You know, I was having a conversation the other day with someone that, um, you know, like to watch certain reality shows um, because it, it kind of gave them comfort in that 
their yeah. lives aren't as bad. Yeah, people on those they shows. Sin, but, they sin vicariously, right? There, oh, and that so way. it's uh, we need to realize, and I think this oh. is one of the wisdom in that the first sin is eating a bite of fruit. I mean, it. I mean, our children do that all the time. They don't eat what they're supposed to eat, and yet they eat things also that we tell them not to eat. And um, we tend to not look at that as, oh, that's not that bad, but it really shows us the heart of sin, that it's one of rebellion against God. It, you know, uh, Tripp will point out that uh, sin is pre- sin presents something as beautiful, which is actually what God says is ugly. Mm-hmm. And we don't, we don't see that, you know. Uh, we do see it in other people. Yeah, the ugliness of sin, but we don't see it in ourselves. In ourselves, yeah, I yeah. I can easily find the sins of others. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. That's true. I mean, we we are, and and this is what we find on the internet in our social media. We're we're very judgmental about mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. We have this sense of justice, you know that you know that justice is violated because of something that they might have said, mm-hmm. but we don't see that in our attack of them that we're being just as uh, sinful mm-hmm. in and acting out of anger rather than out of you know a, a true desire to help one another. Mm-hmm. And in relation to binding, I think Romans six, Paul really points out how you know we are naturally we are slaves of sin. Uh, it, it mm-hmm. is an oppressive master, and that call to be slaves instead of God, and that a power of addiction or binding that um, can come upon our lives. I was told this quote when I was a kid, that sin always costs me more than I'm willing to pay, takes me further than I want to go, and keeps you longer than you want to stay. That's a good one. Yeah. And that's always stuck with me, this whole idea that we think we're in control of sin. Mm-hmm. And sin is actually the master. Mm-hmm. Um, and we say to ourselves, "I can stop anytime yep, I want," but yep. we really can't. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, it, I that just always plays in my head. Like, okay, if I want to play with sin, it's going to cost me more than I want. It's going to take me further than I want to go, and it's going to keep me longer than I'm want, wanting to stay. Mm-hmm. And that's just a helpful framework for me to understand the destructiveness of sin, the 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 bondage of sin. Um, and that, thankfully, I mean, Romans 6 goes on to, mm-hmm. to talk about um, here post-Easter, that the death and resurrection is the answer to that bondage, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. we truly died to sin when we died with Christ because of our union, and we're now alive with Christ because mm-hmm. of our union with Christ, but that his resurrection life can become our resurrection life. Mm-hmm. Um We've talked about sin as the complicating factor in all our relationships. That was number four. We, we touched on that yesterday. Um, Tripp then goes on, number five, to say that because of sin, life is war. What does he mean by that? Is that just pastor hyperbole again? <laughs> no, I mean, I think it's it's a reminder that we are, I mean, it, life is a spiritual battle, and that's referenced in you know Romans 7, where Paul uh, talks about his own struggles with sin and that he's got this war waging within him. Um, we also have the armor of God given to us in Ephesians 6. Um, these are all, God doesn't just give these images or this truth just because he wants to. It's it's to point out the fact that, yeah, we are engaged in a battle and the comfort that we can take is that the war is won. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do have these battles that we need uh, to God's strength to overcome. His grace. And I just think it's helpful to remind ourselves that it's it's a it's two different struggles that's going on. There's this always this internal battle that we'll fight. 
um, the Romans 6. But there is an external. There are enemies of God and mm-hmm, to God's mm-hmm, people, mm-hmm. Ephesians 6. And so sometimes we're lulled into thinking that the enemy is always out there, or sometimes we begin to think, well, the enemy's only within. Mm-hmm. And we have to remember that it's it's kind of a both and, unfortunately, that we yeah. live in a world where the battle is real inside and the battle is real outside of ourselves. And oftentimes yeah. we forget that just because we won the battle yesterday yeah. doesn't mean that we <laughs> won't face the same battle today. And you know, the, Well, I think that's important to note because right. that is our human tendency to be like, oh, I, I fought Ooh, that I survived one. I'm, that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's it's kind of like those old horror movies where it, it looks like the the enemy is dead, but then you know he comes back to life. And this is the way sin is working in our our life. It it is a constant battle, but it is it is something that uh, you know we're we're told that uh, you know the, that the Lord provides a way of escape for that mm. battle. We. Oftentimes, the, our problem is we're relying on ourselves rather than on Him. We're not doing things in His power. The power that that same power that raised Jesus from the dead also works in us to mm-hmm. battle against those sinful tendencies. Mm-hmm. So we have forty-five seconds to to discuss the last one that we cannot solve the great problems of humanity without a theology of sin, and this might be the most important thing we say. Well, it is empirically, yeah, it is, it is so empirically true because we, you know, we do see, you know, even, you know, all the wars, Ukraine and everything, ultimately there's a sin problem there. You know, we we recognize that and we know we're incapable of reversing those problems without, we can, we can do certain things that will help, but we are only putting a bandaid on it until people understand who they are. And what we ultimately need is the gospel. Yep. Well, you've been listening to the Gospel for Life. We will see you next time. 